0: Hello, my money making friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Scotty Taylor Jr. podcast. I am so excited to be back. This is the first podcast that I am recording since my jaw surgery. So, um if you're not familiar, uh, I had jaw surgery in late 2022. Took me out for about six weeks. Wasn't able to talk. Um, So my voice is going to be a little bit lispy. Um, One of my clients said it sounds like I have Novocaine in my mouth, (laughs) which I thought was pretty fitting. And um, so I have some awesome, awesome, awesome content for you today. I've been brainstorming, thinking. I've been spending the last few weeks um, in early 2023, getting things really up to speed. I'm super excited to share this episode with you. And I'm so excited. So uh, if you hear some of the lisping, just know I apologize. Uh, Hopefully it's not too distracting for you. But this whole jaw surgery process has been a huge opportunity for me to fully, fully surrender. Okay, so let's actually get into what we're going to talk about in this episode. So my goal for today is to help you talk through... If you're feeling guilty around charging or receiving money if you're feeling guilty around any of that this episode is going to be for you so without further ado let's get into it hey friends welcome to the success money mindset podcast my name is scotty taylor jr and i'm a money manifestation expert success and finance coach and serial entrepreneur on my way to a seven figure year and creating the life of my dreams. I am obsessed with helping you make more money, bust your limiting beliefs around money and success and create a life you once thought was impossible. I teach you the tried and true, tactical and energetic principles of success and money to help you massively up level your life. My goal in this podcast is to help you achieve the things you really desire so you can go out and change the world. Think of this podcast as a conversation with your financially savvy best friend who really wants what's best for you and challenges and encourages you with your mindset development along the way. I am so excited you're here and I have such a good feeling about this. Get ready to learn and grow on this journey together and let's have some fun. All right, so here we go. So as I mentioned, today's episode is all around uh, if you feel guilty charging or receiving money, how to think about this, how to rewire this, how to move through this. And I'm going to share some thoughts with you. And I know that some of you listening might be thinking to yourself, I don't think I have any guilt when I charge or when I receive money, Scotty. I think that I'm pretty good. I don't think that there are any feelings of guiltiness or anxiety. Uh, maybe you feel stress in other areas with money, but you might be thinking like, I'm in sales or, you know, I am I run my own business. And when I charge clients, I feel pretty good about it, right? I feel pretty good. I might be a financial advisor. I might be a coach. I might be selling a product. Um, and I feel pretty good about it, or at least I think I do. And so, I want to start off the episode by expanding on the idea of guilt and uh, share with you a couple scenarios that might ring true for you. They might resonate with you. And through that, you might be able to identify, oh, wait a minute, maybe I do have some guilt or some anxiety either around charging or receiving money either in my business or in my nine to five, um, anything like that. So Here are a couple of examples if you're like, I don't think I feel guilty, but uh, these are some things that come up if we do feel guilty around money. I'm going to share them with you. So one of the examples is uh, perhaps when you have a big month financially in your business, you know, you do really well for the month and you end up making a lot of money. Um, You somehow manifest expenses or things come up during that month or the following month that end up kind of taking away from the money that you had made. Or let's say you have a really big month and then you have a couple slow months right afterward, right? So you do really well one month, but then the following months you you don't do as well. That could be a pretty clear sign that there's some guilt there when it comes to money or when it comes to earning money. Um, like you might manifest a big expense, like your house needs to be repaired or you have a car breakdown or something like that happens in your business, or one of your clients says no, even though a bunch of them just said yes, that could be a sign of some sticky energy or some resistance or some guilt with money or with earning or with receiving money. Um, Or if you have a big month and then a bunch of really slow months right afterward, that could be another sign of guilt or anxiety around money as well. Right. And so why is this? Well, It tells me or and it would tell you that if you have a big month with money and then a bunch of slow months right afterward, your subconscious mind isn't fully comfortable with making a lot of money yet. So your subconscious mind is either manifesting expenses because it's saying, wait a minute, we're not comfortable with this amount of money. We don't deserve this. Or you have a a bunch of slow months afterward and your subconscious mind is saying, hey, wait a minute, that was a fluke. That was a one-time thing. You know, it's not normal for us. We're going to go back down to our baseline, right? So those could be subconscious blocks that are preventing you from making more money, which would manifest as guilt or shame or anxiety around money, right? Another example that you feel guilty uh, charging or receiving money is you're just constantly busy. So if you're busy all the time, and you pretty much work with anybody <laughs> like you take on any meeting. I know a lot of financial advisors that I that I coach that I work with. When I talk to them, they're like, yeah, I probably see clients that I shouldn't see or I do annual reviews with clients that I shouldn't do annual reviews with. I take on more clients than I than I probably yeah, I really want to prospect up. I want to meet better people. But I'm just taking on these people that are not my ideal client. Maybe they don't value my advice. Maybe they don't value my opinion. Um, and maybe they just don't have the capacity to even do anything, but I'm just working with them all the time. And that might be frustrating, but that would tell me that you're feeling guilty around earning and receiving because if you fully believed in your worth, if you fully believed in your value as an advisor or as a coach or as an entrepreneur, you would only work with the people who you truly aligned yourself with. Right. If you know I work with this type of person really, really, really well, I serve them and I do a fucking really incredible job, then why would you work with this other person over here that's not your ideal client, that's not really necessarily somebody that you want to work with, right? There's a sign there that there's potentially some guilt or anxiety um, around money. Another example that you could be guilty around money or feel guilt around money and how it can manifest is that you over-explain the value that you provide. So you're sitting down with a client or a prospect, and you're going through every single detail of the things that you do. You're like, I can help you with this, and I can help you with this, and I can help you with this. And you're like over-explaining, and you're, oh, you're going on and on and on. And sometimes we think as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as salespeople, we think... Well, they, they, I want to explain all the great things I can do for them. But when we actually analyze that and pull back the curtain, what that tells us is we're actually insecure about the value that we're providing and feel the need to over-explain because we don't feel like we necessarily have deserved the money. Or, you know, if a client, if you sit down with a client and they've made up their mind, they're like, I'm going to work with you. And, they, and you start talking and they're like, okay, I'm ready to go. And you're like, okay, but let me just share with you a couple more ideas. It's like, they've already said they're ready to go. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Why are you explaining more? What's the reason to explain more, right? The reason in those scenarios I can share from personal experience is if somebody said, okay, I'm ready to go. I want to move forward. It was almost like disbelief. It was like, wait a minute. I haven't fully communicated my value yet to you, or at least my. I haven't perceived that I've communicated my value to you. So how could you be ready to go, right? And- The over-communication, which I am like the number one uh, culprit of (laughs) over-explaining and over-communicating and really just trying my absolute best to provide that value really stems from an insecurity. It really stems from an insecurity, feeling guilty or shame or insecure around the value that I provide. So if you over-explain or if you find yourself going on and on about the things that you do, That could be a sign that you feel guilt around receiving money and you're not fully shored up in your value. And the last one, there's many, many, many more, but I just wanted to share a couple ideas in case you're coming into this episode thinking, I don't really feel guilt around charging or receiving money. These could be some symptoms um, that you do. You discount your prices, right? You either discount your prices or Um, You discount your time. That's another huge one because time and money are both sources of energy, right? They're very synonymous in a lot of ways. And so if you discount your your energy or in the example of being too busy, you just give away your time, that could be a sign that you are ultimately not really fully comfortable in charging and this episode is going to be super helpful for you. So if any of those ring true to you or if you just feel some negative emotions around charging or receiving money, right, if you just feel some negative emotions around receiving money or charging clients and you're just feeling something that's sticky and you're just not really sure what it is, just know that if this is you, it is totally okay, right? I want you to give yourself some love and compassion. I want you to just take a moment to just say, it's okay. The stress is real. Yes, I get it. The pressure is real. We don't want to feel that pressure. But this is a learned behavior, right? This is a learned behavior, and we can shift this. Feeling anxiety around money or deservability is not something we're born with thinking, or we're not born thinking this idea. A two-year-old that gets the sucker from from mom is not thinking, do I deserve this? Do I deserve this meal? Do I deserve this toy? No, they're just like, it's mine. I want it. We, however, tend as humans to pick up funky beliefs from society, our parents, um, friends, right? Movies, TV shows, any type of conditioning. And those funky beliefs can permeate into our lives and into our business in the the way of, do I really deserve this? I feel guilty about charging this person. I feel guilty about you know, quote unquote, taking from them, whatever the story might be in your head. And just know that it's totally okay. It is relatively normal for a lot of people, but it doesn't need to be for you, right? So we're going to change and shift this today. And so what I ultimately want for you, uh, which is what I've worked on and what I've done for myself, is to earn and receive effortlessly with money. Right. I want money to come in and go out without any of the negative emotions attached to it. Without the idea that it needs to be stressful or anxiety provoking. I want money to feel like this neutral resource. Right. Just neutral. It's there. It's present. It's like a wall. Right. You see a wall and you're not thinking, oh, that's a really cool wall. That's a really bad wall. I can't believe that wall's there. What is that wall doing? No, it's just a wall. It's just like whatever. It's a wall. It's just, it just exists. That's how I want you to feel with money. It just exists, right? It's a neutral resource. So I'm going to break it down a little bit more in the terms of this guilt and anxiety around earning and receiving money. So when you think about it, when somebody buys something from you or pays you for something, it's an exchange of services, right? So if you buy something from somebody else or something somebody buys something from you, we can consider that an exchange of services. And the way I like to think about this as an entrepreneur and as a salesperson is that when somebody buys something from me, they are buying a shortcut, right? They are buying the shortcut to get to where they want to be. So this is probably easily explained in the in a, a metaphor like when you go to a restaurant right you go to an italian restaurant and let's say you order pasta right and i i felt this way for many years and this will probably ring true for you as well where you go to the restaurant and you look at the pasta and it's like 25 bucks and you're thinking to yourself I could just fucking go home and boil some goddamn pasta, throw some sauce in a pan, and I could do it for like five bucks, right? Why would I pay $25 for this pasta when I can just do it at home for $5? Now, a lot of people think, and I've heard conversations like, well, there's overhead, right? This this restaurant has to pay rent. They have to pay their staff. They have to pay taxes. There's all these other things that, that the restaurant has to do in order to make and provide that pasta to you right but ultimately what you're paying for in this scenario is convenience which is time you're paying for time you are getting a shortcut you don't have to go out to you know the supermarket and buy the pasta and buy the tomato sauce and then go home and then fill up the pot with water and then boil the water and then put the pasta in like you shortcut all of that you save yourself that time it might be 30 minutes, it might be an hour, it might be two hours, who knows how long it could take you to do that. But you're shortcutting that process. So what you're paying for in that moment is the convenience, the experience, and ultimately the shortcut, right? In order to get from point A to point B, I want pasta. How am I going to get pasta? I can either do it myself, or I can have somebody else do it for me? Right? So what most people don't realize is that when you buy something from somebody who has experience or knowledge, you are buying their time. You're buying a shortcut based on all of their years of experience, trial and error, figuring things out, and then summarizing it in a program, a coaching program, a book, an audio book, a podcast episode, whatever it is. So for example, in my financial advisor academy that I sell to financial advisors, I'm not selling knowledge. I'm selling the shortcut on how to become a master at prospecting and how to make more money consistently. So when somebody comes into the program, they're not paying for information. They're paying for the knowledge that I've accumulated and dis- and distilled and summarized in a really concise way and how I grew my business, how I generated inbound leads and how, how they can become a master at prospecting um, and working you know, on let's say three, four days a week, work less, I'm ultimately selling them the shortcut to freedom, the shortcut to more money, the shortcut to freedom. And the people who want that shortcut will buy the program and get a ton of fucking value. And there are going to be people who will say, no, I don't want to pay for the shortcut. I'm going to pay with money. I'm going to pay with my time. And that's the real piece to understand is that you will pay for the transformation that you're looking for. So if you're currently a financial advisor in this example, and you're doing like 50, 80, $100,000 a year, and you want to do $200,000 a year, you can buy the program, the Financial Advisor Academy and get there quickly. Or you can do it on your own, right? Listen to free podcasts, read the books talk to people, quote-unquote, pick their brain, go on Google, research things. You can do both, right? Both of them are viable. And you can probably get to $200,000 on your own, right? Some may argue that there's some places that you might not be able to get to on your own. But all of the information you need is readily available online on Google, right? You just go on Google and fucking search. But if you search for how to grow my financial planning business, you're going to get like 10 billion fucking views. And the question is, do you have the desire to spend your time sorting through that, figuring it out, and then implementing and executing it in your business, right? And if the answer is no, then you buy a coaching program or you buy a book or you buy something from somebody that will shortcut that distance for you, right? That's ultimately what you're paying for. And so the people who buy books and programs they understand that right the people who invest in coaches who go to um events who you know tony robbins unleash the power within like people that go to retreats they understand that their their time is more valuable than money and they trade money for time right they will pay for that shortcut so when we think about sales or we think about selling all right, a lot of times we feel guilty because we think we're taking from somebody. I feel guilty because I'm providing this service, but I'm taking money from somebody else. But if you think about it from the perspective of the shortcut, thank God that you can provide the service that you do, because otherwise this person would have to go online and figure everything out on their fucking own. And it would take them a ton of time. So... Thank God I show up and I sell my financial advisor academy to financial advisors because if I didn't, these advisors would have to figure it out on their own. And how much time am I saving them? How much energy am I saving them by creating this program and selling it? Right. And for you in your business, right? Sales, business, entrepreneurship, wherever you are, even if you're in a nine to five job, all of this still will apply. Because the question is, the people that you help, the people that you service, whether it's your company, whether it's sales on a one-on-one basis, business to business, at the end of the day, thank God you do what you do, because you're saving somebody time. You're saving somebody time by selling something that's going to help them get to where they want to be faster and quicker than they could before. Now, here's the real kicker, and I know you're going to particularly love this. So, The thing is that poor people, which I'm going to reference as um, less resourced people. So I might use those two terms interchangeably, but anytime I'm talking about somebody who is um, poor, I'm going to use the word less resourced, right? Because that's ultimately what they are. They just have less resources than somebody who's wealthy, who's more resourced. They're not different people, and I'm not a fan of labeling somebody as poor or rich because money is constantly in flow. And so I would say a wealthy person who has a million dollars in the bank, if they lose that money tomorrow, they're still in a better position. They're still more well-resourced than the person who has got, you know, a dollar in their bank and has never had money in their bank account because the well-resourced person or the wealthy person knows how to make money. They understand the energetics of money. So just a quick caveat on that. One of my big, uh, one of the things I really like is Destigmatizing money, destigmatizing making money, having money. So I'm gonna I'm going to work on decoupling this idea that there's poor people and wealthy people, and instead I'm gonna say there's less resource people and more well re- resource people. So the people who are poor, who have less resources, typically. The reason that they are in that position, and this is not a blanket statement, so don't come at me if you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm poor at the moment or I don't have a lot of money right now and this isn't me, right? This is not, a, this is not a, a, an everybody statement, this is just um, a, a generalization and typically what I've seen, what I've experienced is that the, the well, less well-resourced people trade their time for money, Hence that they get hourly rate jobs, right? They work at like McDonald's or Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, and they're trading one hour of their time for like $15 an hour, $20 an hour, right? And because these people feel like money is limited, right, if you're trading your time for money in a direct correlation... You're gonna start to observe that money's limited because you only have 24 hours a day, right? You can only work so many days, so many hours in a day. So you work 10 hours in a day, you make, let's say you make 10 bucks an hour, you make $80, right? Is that right? Yeah, you make $80 that day, right? And so in that scenario, you're gonna be start, you're gonna start thinking to yourself, my money is limited because I can only trade my time for money. That's the way I'm I've been taught and conditioned. And so therefore money's limited. And so poor people or less well-resourced people are more likely to spend their time, not their money. So the perfect example is think about people who take the bus versus people who take a taxi or an Uber or a Lyft, right? So why would somebody walk to the bus, wait for the bus, get on the bus, drive, have a whole bunch of stops, and then get off the bus? Why would they do that versus just taking an Uber, both of them are methods of transportation, right? Both of them will get you from point A to point B. The bus might cost $2, whereas the Uber costs, you know, $30, right? So again, it's about getting the shortcut, right? From point A to point B, you pay for that shortcut, right? And less well-resourced people or poor people will not pay for that um, shortening of time because they don't believe that it's possible, it's not of value to them, and they're more likely to trade their time for money, right? Does that make sense? So this is where it's going to really make sense for you and where it's really going to hit home is that on the flip side, wealthier people or people who are more well-resourced will typically trade more of their money for time because they understand the dynamic between time and money, Right? So this is a really great reason or another great reason why working with more well-resourced people will not only be more effective for you, but it will be more fun for you too. It'll be easier because they see the value of your services. They see the value of trading money for time. And so a lot of times we as entrepreneurs, business owners, salespeople, We want to work with wealthier people, right? We want to work with people who have more money because, number one, they can pay for your services, right? They have the resources. But, and here's the kicker that I think is really, really cool. They typically value your resources more because they value trading money for time, right? And so when we think about, at least in the financial planning world, we think about people who have, you know, a million dollars versus somebody who has $10,000, And there's this phenomenon in the financial planning world that I think is so interesting uh, that the people who have less money are more difficult clients, right? Like the people who have $20,000 versus the people who have $2 million are more difficult. The $20,000 accounts are way more work. And the reason is because those people think that they have less resources. And so they want to hold on to every single penny that they have. And this, I'm not shaming anyone and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but it's just a phenomenon that I've observed. And so a lot of times people who start making more money and so, who start working with people who have more resources, they actually find it easier to run their business because those people are more likely to pay for the, the services, right? When I work with my coaches, I pay $10,000 without really even thinking twice about it. Whereas sometimes I talk to people who are maybe interested in coaching with me and I share, them, I share with them my rate. Let's say there's a program, I'm like, hey, it's $1,000. And they're like, oh, man, I need to think about it, right? And so everyone's at their own different stage, own different place when it comes to money and spending and investing. But typically the people who have more money or have made more money are more willing to put their money to work in order to get that back their time. So hopefully that's helpful to understand. And so when it comes to the guilt or shame or anxiety around, you know, making money or working with people and quote unquote, taking their money, I want you to think about thank the fucking Lord that you do what you do and you provide this shortcut for people because you're saving them time. And at the end of the day, time is the most valuable resource we have. I love you. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you in the next episode. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you found it really helpful. If you did, I'd love for you to leave a review on iTunes so I can keep putting out great content. If we're not yet connected on the socials, I'd love to meet you. You can find me on Instagram at Taylor Jr. and drop me a DM if you want to chat. Or check out my website, scottytaylorjr.com, for more inspirational content, blog posts, and other freebies. I love you, friends, and I can't wait to see you in the next episode. Remember, you're a badass and you deserve the life of your dreams.